Drive Time Devotions is a Saddleback Church podcast. We want to invite you to one of our weekend services. Visit us online at saddleback.com for locations and service times in your area. Please visit us this weekend. Hi, this is Pastor Tom. I want to welcome you to day four of our look through chapter one of 1 Timothy. We're talking together about motivation for living and for leading in the life of faith. And as we've begun to walk through this week, we've talked about how you start with grace, mercy, and peace. You want motivation for living the life of faith? You've got to have grace, mercy, and peace in your daily life. And then we took a look at the fact that you need to focus on living the main thing instead of arguing about the little things. It's, it's easy to get caught up in little arguments, but you focus on living the main thing, doing the work of God. That's key for a motivated life of faith. A third thing that you and I need to do if we're going to live a life of faith in a daily way, if we're going to sense the passion and motivation we need for living that life of faith, you need to never forget where you came from. If you want to live the life of faith today, never forget where you came from. Paul didn't. Listen to what he said in verse 12. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me in his service. Never forget where you came from. You thank God that he uses you. That's one of the ways that you never forget where you came from. Do you do that throughout the day? I find myself sometimes forgetting. I am grateful, and when I take the time to remember, I remember that I'm grateful, but I don't take the moment, just the moment that it would take to personally express that to God. In your mind, do that right now. Throughout the day, do that. God, thank you. Thank you that you consider me faithful. Thank you that you use me, that you make a difference through my life in other people's lives. When I take the time to remember that God loves me and to thank him, when I take the time to remember that God uses me and to thank him, it gives me strength throughout the day. And I need strength throughout the day. I would guess that you do too, throughout the day. You thank God that he uses you. And then you do a second thing in remembering where you came from. You thank God that he uses you. Well, let me put this in quotes, even though. Even though what? Well, for Paul, it was this in verses 13 and 14. He writes, God uses me, he said in verse 12. And then in verse 13, he says, even though... I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Never forget that God loves you even though. Never forget that you were shown mercy. That's the third thing to never forget, where, <laughs> never forgetting where you came from. Now, many of you remember the story of Paul. He was a blasphemer. He spoke out against Christ. He had grown up in the Jewish tradition. He was a strong leader in the, in the Jewish synagogue. And he spoke against Christ again and again and again, saying that it was a lie that Jesus died on the cross. So Paul says, I'm a blasphemer. I told a lie about Christ. He says, I was a persecutor. He worked hard to stop churches from meeting. He, he drug Christians out of their homes to persecute them for their faith. He says, I was a violent man, and he was. He was. He participated in the death of the first martyr, Stephen. He wouldn't get his own hands dirty, but he stood and washed and held the coats of everybody else who, was, who were stoning him to death. He was a violent man. And Paul writes, because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. Now, as he writes that, that's the truth of every person who does not know Christ. That's not an excuse, ignorance and unbelief. That is a fact of life. Now, you are responsible for your ignorance, you're responsible for your unbelief. It's not an excuse. You're responsible to get to know God. You're responsible to look to God and decide to have faith in him because he's drawing you. So Paul's not making an excuse here. He's just saying, this is what happens. 
I ignored God because I was ignorant of God, and I chose to be ignorant. I didn't believe in God because I chose not to believe in God. That's why I had unbelief. This brief testimony of Paul, he's just telling the truth of his life. I want you just to notice some things, just a little aside here about how he tells this story of his life. Notice three things. First, he talks openly about his sins. Secondly, he doesn't glorify his sins. And third, he focuses on Jesus, on the grace and mercy and faith and love. Those are the words that he uses, the grace and mercy and faith and love that are in Jesus Christ. That's a great way to tell the story. Talk openly about your sins. Don't be a fake. Don't be a phony. Talk openly about what you were before you came to know Christ. And even as a child, you can talk openly about the fact that you were separated from God, and you know that now. You didn't have a relationship with him. But he didn't glorify his sins. He just said, this is it, this is it, this is it. He would have had some stories to tell, some stories about dragging people out of houses, some stories about standing there when Stephen was killed, but he didn't tell those stories. He was just honest about his sins without glorifying his sins because the third thing is he wanted the focus to be on Jesus, not on some glorified sin in his life, but on the glorified Jesus who forgave the sin in his life. So he focused on the grace and the mercy and the faith and the love that are in Jesus Christ. That should be the focus of every testimony. Every testimony that doesn't say more about Jesus than about you, there's something wrong with it somewhere. And never forget where you came from, Paul is saying. And in doing that, you thank God that he uses you. You thank God that he uses you even though, even though you have this past. You never forget that you were shown mercy. And the fourth thing you do is you never forget that grace was poured out on you abundantly. God's grace has been poured out on you. Someone on our research team wrote this question. What exactly does grace mean? I struggle with understanding and believing that it applies to me. Even though God reaches out to me countless times per day, I still live in fear that one day he'll run out of patience with me. Grace may apply to Paul, but how could it apply to me? How do I know that he's not going to give up on me and walk away? That is a good question. That is an honest question. How do I know that I have God's grace? Because they have been poured out, not sought out. This grace, faith, and love were poured out by God upon Paul. They weren't discovered in some way by Paul. It wasn't something that he did. It is something that Christ did. They weren't worked up by Paul. They were poured out by God. How do I know that I have God's grace? Trust. Trust. By trusting in what he's done, not in what I can do. And then by seeing what he's doing in my life as a result of my trust in what he's done. But it begins with that trust in what he's done. I trust in what he's done, not in what I can do. That's how I know God's grace is poured out in my life. It's a gift. And when somebody says, I want to give a gift to you, and you say yes to that gift, that's when the moment happens. That's when it's poured out. That's how I know. But I also know by seeing then what God is doing in my life as a result in my trust in what he's done. It's not what I'm doing. It's what he's done. It was what he's doing in my life because of what he's done. That is the great joy of living out his grace. So don't try to earn God's grace. And if you look at your life and you feel like, wow, I see, I see so many sins in my life. I see so many places in my life where I am not following Christ, where I have a selfishness or a jealousy or a, or a lust or an envy in my life. Let me ask you this. Do you also see the fruit of the Spirit? Do you also see God's grace at work in your life where you're beginning to let go of that jealousy? where you're beginning to have a purity of heart, where you're beginning to love people that you never would have loved before. 
Look at those as evidences of what God is doing in your life and you trust in him and not in you. Now, Paul's continuing to give his testimony of his life, and in verses 15 to 16, he says, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Never forget. Never forget to thank God that he uses you even though. Never forget that you were shown mercy. Never forget that grace was poured out abundantly. And never forget that you are a saved sinner. Paul writes here and he says, Christ came into this world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. I have to say with Paul, I am the worst sinner. This is not a competition. I think every one of us, as we look in our own hearts, we see the evil that's in our own hearts. We see how selfish we are. We see how often we follow something in order to get what we want instead of in order to follow what Christ wants in our lives. And because we see our own hearts, we all look at ourselves and say, no, I'm the worst. No, I'm the worst. No, I'm the worst. The truth of the matter is, Jesus Christ came to die for the worst of sinners. And it was for that very reason, Paul says in verse 16, that you were shown mercy. You, the worst of sinners. Me, the worst of sinners. So that in you and I, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example to other people who would believe in him. Always remember, one final thing, always remember that you are an example of God's patience. You're not an example of perfection. You're an example of God's patience. You believe and receive, Paul says. You're an example of God's patience so that others would believe and receive. What does it mean to believe? Does it mean to have have no doubts? No, it means that I trust God even with my doubts. This is not an intellectual belief in facts. This is a willful belief in a person. I trust you. I'm going to follow you, Jesus Christ. Maybe you need to believe. Maybe you're not sure as we walk through this chapter that you've ever had that kind of experience that Paul talks about here, where he recognized that he he was the worst of sinners, that he needed God's grace, mercy, and peace. Right now, I encourage you, believe. And receive, receive eternal life. That's God's gift. Believe by saying, Jesus Christ, I trust you. I trust you to forgive me. I trust you to lead me. I trust you to show me the kind of life that you have for me. And I trust you to empower me to live that kind of life. I've got a lot to learn, Jesus. There's a lot of things I don't know, but I know that I'm trusting you right now. I know that you love me. And I want to spend the rest of my life loving you. Thank you for your gift of life, Jesus. In your name, I trust you. Amen. If you've already prayed that kind of a prayer, you might right now in the back of your mind want to pray a prayer saying, Jesus, I thank you for your gift of salvation. Tomorrow, we're going to look together to the last part of this chapter and talk about how you and I can live out the life of faith in a motivating way to other people. (music) 